listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get to work with the free KSLX app. Sounds good and loud. 100.7 KSLX. Let's waste no more time. Sing along. Oh, it's Corona. Coronavirus. Worse than music from Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, it remains. Coronavirus is here, so... We want to keep you laughing. Also want to keep you informed. It's time for a Mark and Neanderthal coronavirus update with jokes. 111,000 cases yesterday of coronavirus. Nationally, right? Nationally. Okay. Yeah, no, not here in Maricopa County. (laughs) I mean, we're counting cases. We're counting cases. That's what we're doing. We're just counting cases. Uh, But the United States has surpassed 10 million cases of coronavirus. And more than 50 million cases have been recorded worldwide as new records, daily records every day of of new cases. high, High spots of new cases happening every day. No good. Stay away from that. Wear your mask. Do whatever it is that you need to do. Hey, Mark. Yes. How do you think the unthinkable? How do you think the unthinkable? With an iceberg. <laughs> so, Pfizer announced yesterday that they are developing a vaccine that looks to be 90% effective. That's nice. That's encouraging That's great news. news, yeah. President-elect Biden has also set up his coronavirus task force, so maybe we can start chipping away. By the by the way, the coronavirus task force, what do you think this for name? The Covengers. Oh, I do like that. The Covengers, has right? a nice Has a nice sound yeah. to it, yeah. I got to trademark yeah, go, that one. Go, I, go with that. I sense merchandise. Hats. Hell yeah. Shirts. Covengers. You know, we sell those. We put a little dent in the federal debt. I like it. This is good, yeah. So I went into a restaurant, and I asked the waiter how they prepare their chicken. And he said, oh, nothing special, really. We just tell them that they're going to die. (laughs) That was dark. You know, turkeys get all the sympathy this time of year. Yeah. But I shine a light on the chickens. Yeah. That was really dark. <laughs> so you talked about Pfizer earlier. Pfizer. Yes, Pfizer. Pfizer uh, say that 42% of their volunteers in the COVID-19 vaccine trials are from diverse backgrounds. As if it matters. <laughs> Some rats ask what backgrounds they're from. Well, they're trying to develop, you know, see which which races right, yes. and so forth get yeah. affected more seriously. Yeah, we want to we want to make sure that the people from Apache Junction and the people from Paradise Valley are getting the same. Well, that is that is diverse. Yeah, yes, that diverse is. backgrounds. They, they're not saying different ethnicities. They're saying diverse backgrounds. Well, I think that's what they mean. But... <laughs> okay. And you know what Vlad the Impaler's favorite joke is? What is Vlad the Impaler's favorite joke? So this bar goes into a guy. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the Mark and Andrew Paul coronavirus update with With jokes. And, uh... All right, so the new iPhone is coming out Friday. Okay. It's going to be available in stores. You can actually pre-order it now. But I just, it's the iPhone 12. I don't get it. I don't get what the excitement is about. I I know that it's all equipped for 5G because, yeah, 
all of us were having so much trouble communicating on only 4G. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, what? how fast does it need to be? Yeah. How fast does it need to be? How many things do you need to do? Yeah. On your phone, look. I, look, it's uh, here's the thing. I, I would have thought they would have they would have pushed this thing back, given the economic situation here in the United States, because it's expensive. Yeah, people have a hard time. It's like fifteen hundred bucks <laughs> for a phone. For a phone. <laughs> for friggin phone. My first car. My first car cost one third of that. Yep. My first car. The old phones never cost that much that you had in your house, and you could double them as murder weapons because they were like fourteen pounds. Yeah. Did but, you see that? There's. I, it's not an iPhone, but I saw there was a commercial over the weekend uh, during football. I noticed the flip phone is back. Somebody's yeah. making a flip phone again. I, What's old is new again. Yes. Yeah, see, see, I have an iPhone seven, which already does way more than I need. I'd still have my beloved iPhone five S had it not crapped out after five or six years. But I just I still have a fully functional iPhone four S yeah, that I use I, that I use to like as a music player or if we're out on a remote or something like that, and I need to have uh, access to my email. I have something with me that if it gets destroyed, I don't care. Yeah, it's, you know what I mean. The iPhone twelve. What what is it? Are the photos a little bit clearer? As yes. if they weren't amazing enough already. Already. Do you get on FaceTime with your friend in Australia a millisecond sooner? As if getting on FaceTime with your friend in Australia wasn't amazing enough already. Right. right. I was just thinking about that. I'm looking at my phone right now. I think I have. I think I have an iPhone eight. I think that's what. See, I'm so I'm already. You and I are both already four or five generations removed from this thing I know. because we don't understand spending fifteen hundred dollars on a phone every eight and a half months. Listen, it, it, to me, it's like, kind of like you know how you got bored with moon landings. Like the first one was like, oh my god, they landed on the moon. Shuttle launches. And, and shuttle launches, yeah. you know, it, it happens. I, I just don't – listen, you can go ahead and get your iPhone 12. Just keep it off my lawn. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong. They are amazing. They're, it is amazing. amazing. But here's the thing. The problem with, with having a new iPhone, and I know this because I have one, you have one. I love it. I, I love my iPhone. I think, it's, I think it's fantastic. I just got the new update, the new software update. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing? I haven't done it yet. Yeah, don't. Yeah, I haven't done it oh, yet. Oh boy. So. I mean, again, I'm not. I'm not technologically uh, uh, inept, but come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everyone. This is Maria, and it's time for time out for Spanish. As a public service, and in order to recognize the cultural diversity for which Arizona is known, Mark and Neanderthal are taking time out for Spanish. On the phone, we've got Jenny from Tempe, and she is going to play trying to win a Port of Subs gift card for 25 bucks. Port of Subs is your neighborhood sandwich shop. Now, we will give you three multiple choices in English, Jenny. Uh, first, we lay a Spanish phrase on you, and then you got to translate it. Are you ready to roll? I'm ready. All right, Jenny, here comes your Spanish phrase. Si una vaca no produce leche, se considera un fallo de ubre. Did you hear that? Sure. Yeah, I'm going to give it to you again. Si una vaca no produce leche, se considera un fallo de ubre. All right, does that phrase translate into A? I didn't think orthopedic shoes would help, but I stand corrected. <laughs> B, no. I can tell when people are being judgmental just by looking at them. Or no, C, if a cow doesn't produce milk, is that considered an utter failure? That's it. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. The answer is C. C. There you go. Thank you. Yes. Well nice, done. Nice. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Listen for the leche. Congratulations. You have won in Time Out for Spanish. Awesome. Thank you. Time Out for Spanish. Weekday mornings with Mark and Neanderthal. 
that we posted yesterday on the Mark and Neanderthal Facebook page was Alex Trebek the best game show host ever? And if not, who was? And a lot of people said, yeah, yeah, he was he was probably the best. But, you know, you had a lot of Sajaks and Barkers in there. Sure, um, yeah. Gene Rayburn was mentioned. Gene Rayburn. Gene Rayburn has a really long blank. Mm, microphone. Thank you, Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you ever noticed the most flamboyantly closeted gay uh, celebrities always ended up on game shows? <laughs> yeah. They kept the gay, the gay in game yeah, shows. Yeah, Paul Lynn, Charles, oh, Charles Nelson, Nelson Riley, yeah. Rip, Rip Torn, uh, Rip Taylor. Excuse me, Rip Taylor, Rip Taylor. Yeah, Holy Mackerel. Yeah, I mean they were all. I mean it was it's sort of a <laughs> game shows were sort of a haven for those in the closet. Yeah, well, because you because you, you kind of had to be in those days. Yeah, or else your career was shot. Yeah, but it was right? obvious though. Like the the thing was, I don't think people thought that way then. Yeah, I guess not. It was it, these were more innocent times. I would think yeah. so. Um, I would see who else is a great game show host. Uh, Chuck Barris. Chuck Barris. Chuck Barris was awesome. I mean, he only did, did he only host one thing? Yeah, and I think he was more of a creator of stuff. And that was, I think, the Gong Show was the only thing yeah. he was out in front of the camera on. Yeah, he was a he was a, a crazy dude. Yeah, but I, I likened it earlier to game show hosts are like you know football coaches or baseball managers. They bounce around from franchise to franchise. Sure, a lot yeah. of times, like like the Pat Sajaks and um, Alex Trebek's are sort of the Tommy Lasordas of the game show world, and that they landed in one job and stayed there amazingly like he did with the Dodgers well you don't see that that well it's funny too because if you were to do like a a search on Alex Trebek you'll realize he had like four other gigs before Jeopardy and he was a newscaster also and then he got he ended up in Jeopardy and it was like like Drew Carey now (laughs) Drew Carey who is a you know had a very successful sitcom and has a was a I guess a moderately successful stand-up oh yeah no he he was a big star already yeah he did all right and now he's He's forever the host of The Price yeah. is Right for $8 yeah. million plus a year. I liked how you said Alex Trebek wound up in Jeopardy. He's like, I'm not in Jeopardy. I'm making millions. Yeah. I mean, so it used to be, you know, it's like Vegas. Vegas used to be the place you go when your career dies. Game shows used to be that as well. They were the place that, that guys that couldn't get a job right. doing sports yeah. or news no, or whatever it was. Hugh Downs started out doing game shows. You know who didn't get one single vote? Who? Bob Eubanks. Bob Eubanks, uh, you know, maybe the best game show host of all time. First of all, he had fantastic hair and a, and a million dollar smile, but he had to deal with potentially the dumbest contestants on the face of the earth. From Hollywood, here come the newlyweds. In what country will your husband say the last foreign car he rode in was manufactured, Fran? The United States. <laughs> That's not a foreign country. Texas. Texas. Texas, yeah. It gets better. What will your husband say is his very favorite kind of rodent? Georgie? It's a rodent. It's a rodent. His very favorite kind of rodent. His saxophone. What? His sax- he didn't know what a rodent was. Yeah. Yeah, so Bob Eubanks had to deal with all that stuff. His favorite condiment. I would say his pool table upstairs, definitely. <laughs> Annette? I, I never heard that word before, neither. So I said karate school. A karate <laughs> school? His favorite, favorite condiment, condiment is karate school. I was about mustard. Yeah, so... You know, it's just it's just interesting. I I, I enjoyed the. Uh, we had a lot of response to that post yesterday. People have uh, 
You know, I think people don't even think of, like, our age, don't even think of Drew Carey necessarily as a game show host. They look at him as a guy who happens to be on a game show. We're forever stuck in the Alex Trebek, Pat Sajak, Alan Ludden sort well, of rotation. That was that was a career path. Like, look, yeah. you and I have been doing this for 30-plus years each. Um, when we got into broadcasting, there were several different places you would go. You, you could say to yourself, all right, I'm going to go do news. I'm going to do sports. Uh, I'm going to go off and do it. Like, uh, and your career goal was to be something, and you never thought to yourself, well, "I want. I would like to host The Price Is Right," because there's only one of those jobs, right? Like, and game shows are not a big deal, or they haven't been a big deal, except for the last ten years. Now they're coming back. The Masked Singer, all those things yeah. have become game shows again. All of a sudden, that's a viable career path for oh, somebody in broadcasting, yeah, so. as opposed to working in radio. Right, we're just talking about Alex Trebek passing away, game show hosts in general, and yeah, you know, we all have our memories. Who was the worst game show host you've ever seen? Uh, it's tough, but I, we used to watch um, something called, when I was a kid, Beat the Clock. I remember Beat the Clock, yeah. It was on Channel 11, which was an independent station in New York, so it was kind of a cheap production. It seemed like it was done locally, but Gene Wood okay. was the host after the original guy left, and Gene Wood had been the, the announcer. The narrator on the show, then right. he turned into the host, and he was he was pretty pretty bad. Mine is is a combination of two. It's either Remote Control starring Ken Ober. Oh, I love the, that show, yeah, Ken Ober, or the locally produced bowling show on Saturday nights on Channel yeah. Seven in Boston, Candlepins for Cash. Everybody, every market that was had one awful. of those. Yeah, that was an awful game show. Yeah, because it was so, locally produced. That's why, because it was they didn't have the network behind it. So who, who's who's your fave? Richard Dawson, Family Feud, and why? Well, well, he's he's the, the the kissing host. He always wants to kiss all the chicks, you know. But then again, like you're saying, some of the stupidest things that they ever had answers to, you know, like, hey, what's the most used uh, appliance in your kitchen? And someone says motorcycle. And they're like, yeah, motorcycle. That's it, motorcycle. Right? Yeah. <laughs> dumb stuff. That that is dumb. Now, all right. Listen, not to uh, not to crap on his choice for his favorite, but, but we're going to. I, <laughs> I will tell you, with Richard Dawson, is it just me or I always got a whiff of insincerity from Richard Dawson, like he like he felt he was sort of above the entire proceedings. Uh, yeah, I think he was probably better because the whole Hogan's Heroes thing didn't really work out for him in the end. Well, you know what I mean? Like, what else did Richard Dawson do outside of that? I don't know that there was a lot. I mean, he probably did some, you know, guest appearances. I remember he did a guest appearance on The Odd Couple and, you know, but not, he didn't have a lot going between Hogan's Heroes and Family Feud, I don't think. By the way, I also think it's interesting that the most memorable tenet of Richard Dawson's game show hosting is the fact that he sexually assaulted <laughs> every female contestant on the show. On, on one groping and kissing. He there never, was a lot of groping and kissing. He never asked. Yeah. He never asked. He just went, come here, my darling. Yeah, yep. Yep. I gave him a big kick. Oh, give me a big old kiss. It was yeah, weird. I, I mean, can you imagine doing that today? Can you imagine if there was any game show host, like, uh, uh, oh, I don't yeah, know. It can't he happen was, He was Howie Mandel in that, yeah. whatever that wall show was. Yeah. He goes up and just, or, or if Jane Lynch went up and just started kissing every female contestant. Wait. That'd be all right. Yeah, be, can't I'd, happen. I'd be cool with that. Can't happen today. Yeah, Richard Dawson, I always felt like he was... He had that air of, I'm only here for the money. Well, yeah, it's a job. Yeah. So. Well, of course. Yeah. But I never felt like he was really enjoying himself. Yeah, I, he was just sort of making it through. Now, he wasn't the, who was the original host of Family Feud? It wasn't, it wasn't Dawson. It was somebody before him. That I don't that remember. It was, was pretty good. It was pretty big. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing we probably have a double shot of stupidity, a thing we like to call the Mark and Interpol dumbasses 
of the day. Yeah. First, we'll go to a state with a mere four electoral votes, Rhode Island, to meet Jonah Pierre from Providence, Rhode Island. And I think Jonah's been watching too many movies because he thought it was a good idea to start planning the Purge of Providence. You know, like the movie The Purge. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. It's a great, it's a great movie. Yeah. The Purge is awesome. All crime is legal for one night. So Jonah made a poster scheduling the Purge of Providence for midnight, October 30th, into Halloween morning, promising to soon reveal a meetup location. But then Jonah made the mistake of posting it on his very own Facebook page. That's so, just stupid. Where everybody could see that... You're a moron. He was the guy threatening to incite violence. Sure. Jonah's still in custody. Shockingly, he didn't have the money to post bond and yeah. get out. Yeah. Right. Now we go to the small city of Altoona, Pennsylvania. Altoona. It's about 90 miles east of Pittsburgh. All right. Where 37-year-old Donna Kolobov rented a U-Haul van back in September because she was moving out of her place. Donna was moving in with a relative. You know, sometimes you want to regroup, lay low for a while. Yeah, you know, you got to kind of drop out a little. Understood, yeah. Yeah. Donna changed her phone number so nobody could get in touch with her. Not other family members. They couldn't find her. No friends. She went and, on the uh, down low is she what did. she did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, one place that couldn't reach her either was U-Haul, uh, who wanted to check with Donna to see about that van she had rented. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah, Donna rented the van. Maybe she's living in the van down by the river. I'm not sure. <laughs> left a $90 deposit and never brought it back. 90 bucks for a U-Haul van. She got ripped off. Because <laughs> those she, things are death traps. She was using it like the family car. Sure. Basically, parking it at the house she was living in. And, Why not? Yeah, Donna was arrested last Tuesday, Election Day, 41 days after renting the U-Haul van. Now that's going to be an overage. Yes, that is going to be an overage. between that on your card. Between mileage and damage, Donna now owes U-Haul about $4,000. Damage? Yeah, yeah, she did a little damage to it also. How do you know? It's a U-Haul van. <laughs> hey, they check it before it goes out, right? I guess, man. Yeah. Yeah, she's also been, of course, charged with theft of a motor vehicle. So, sure. Donna Kolobov and Jonah Pierre, we will make them the Mark and Neanderthal dumbasses of the day. I think those were two beautiful stories you just told. And they were both sponsored by the brand new Roadrunner Harley Davidson at 159th Avenue and McDowell in Goodyear. Now, we spent a good bit of time yesterday and even earlier this morning talking about the passing of Alex Trebek, the host of Jeopardy. Yeah. Legendary game show host. Yeah. Died at the age of 80. Now, yesterday we played a clip from a Saturday Night Live skit, which forever linked the odd pair of Alex Trebek and Sean Connery. Now, I I don't know that they ever knew each other beforehand, but for whatever reason, the producers and writers at Saturday Night Live thought making uh, Daryl Hammond and Sean Connery connecting with Will Ferrell's Alex Trebek as a sort of contentious uh, running gag was a thing, and it really became something unto itself. I I don't know that they actually ever knew each other, but I'm sure they knew of this bit. Yeah, they would do these celebrity Jeopardy bits on Saturday Night Live. So, like, for instance... You know, Sean Connery would always be needling Alex Trebek. This is the sound a doggy makes. Mr. Connery. Moo. 
no. Well, that's the sound your mother made last night. Yeah, and it was always a mother joke. It was yeah. always a Sean Connery was, was sleeping with Alex Trebek's mom. Yeah, and so, you know, they, they would do that bit, and we found it interesting that both of these guys passed away within days of each other. Right? Hell yeah. 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 I mean, again, inextricably, continually linked. Then, I see last night that Ken Spears died. Now, you don't know that name when he says it, but you'll know it when he says who Ken Spears was. Ken Spears was one of the co-creators of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> now, let's go back to that very same skit because we will take out the Sean Connery part, and it'll be the same question, this time answered by Norm MacDonald portraying Burt Reynolds in this Celebrity Jeopardy skit, and see where he goes. This is the sound a doggy makes. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. Who is, um, Scooby-Doo? <laughs> no. Yeah. That was a funny dog, Scooby-Doo. He drove around a van and, uh, solved mysteries. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> No, that's correct. <laughs> it was correct. I remember. You had a pal, Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, the, the Scooby-Doo's in there also, which means Ken Spears is in there. Anybody who is associated with that skit needs to be very, very careful. Wow. Will if Ferrell? I, if I were Daryl Hammond or Will Ferrell yeah. or, or Norm MacDonald, I'd be very concerned. Or Scooby-Doo, for that matter. <laughs> or the other celebrity in that skit, it was Mike Myers, who was a cast member at that point on Saturday Night Live. Right. Portraying French Stewart, who was one of the actors yeah, from nobody... Third Rock from the Sun. He was the guy that always looked like he was stifling a sneeze. And squinting. Yeah. Yeah. Stifling <laughs> was... a, sort of a stifling a so, sneeze going on there. All of those guys need to be careful. And it is sad that Ken Spears has passed. Nobody would have found out about that. If not for those meddling kids. So we can thank them for that. Just going over this post we had on the Mark and the Interpol Facebook page from yesterday about who the best game show host was, you know, in the wake of Alex Trebek's passing. I would say, I mean, for me, you know, Bob Barker is the epitome that, of what a game show is. That a game came show up host. The yeah, that came up the most. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, him... Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Bob Eubanks just because, uh, you know, the uh, uh, newlywed game was awesome. And then, of course, there's Wink Martindale, who was a poor man's Bob Eubanks. That name never came up. How does Wink Martindale not show up? Wink Martindale's name didn't come up. Bill I mean, just the name alone should I mean, get you into it. Like, not that he was a favorite of mine, but he was on a bunch of game shows when I was a kid. Bill Cullen. Bill Cullen, yeah. A guy. Sure. And, Art and Fleming. Um, nobody mentioned this man with what I believe was a real afro. It may have been a wig. Who knows? We'd have to go back and look at the tapes. Who? Bert Convy. Yeah, Bert Convy. Yeah, Bert Convy was. He was an actor also. He yeah. Was, he was like. He was always he, on the love boat, as far as I know. He would be like, uh, I remember seeing him as like the bad guy in Barnaby Jones or Mannix. And then he segued into being a game show host. And again, you know, we talked about this before. There was a time, not not unlike Las Vegas, where game show host was the place you went when your career was over, um, or when you couldn't get or, like a real. Like, what what movie was it? It was some sort of a it was movie. Kind of looked down on a, a lot of those things, or, or even uh, what was it in uh, in Casino? Remember in, in in Casino when De Niro actually had to like sort of host a, a variety show, a game show variety show, okay, from the casino to get around the fact that he didn't have his you know his gambling license. All right, yeah, you I know, know, I mean, because you know, so game shows were sort of a weird. They're like the Carney gig of of broadcasting, or but, they were at one time. But now it's a, I think it's always been a very high, a pretty high paying gig for the amount of work you have to do, and now it's spectacularly high paying. I so. forget. I, I think I was reading about Peter Tamarkin, who was the host of a, a show called uh, uh, Press Your Luck. 
Remember Press Your You don't remember Press Your Luck. We were talking about this earlier. Um, it was the one where, you know, the whammies, the little cartoon whammies and stuff. And Peter Tamarkin was a guy who wasn't uh, a successful Hollywood actor. And his agent said, well, why don't you, you know, we've got this game show opportunity for you. And he goes, well, why would I want to do this game show thing? And he goes, because you work, the agent said, because you work four days a month and make six figures. Okay. I'm in. Where do I sign? I'm all in. What's going on? Hey, fellas. Can I uh, big time you for a minute? Go ahead. Uh, 2002, I was on The Weakest Link. What, are you big time at us? <laughs> did you win it? I did. What did you win? Five grand. It was a, it was a really lousy... I was good. Everybody else sucked. So you were the best of so, the weakest links? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. You were the least weak link. Well, that's cool. Now, were you on television and everything? Yeah, yeah, I've been on the, saved it on CD or DVD, whatever you call it. Yeah. That's nice. kind of neat. Nice. Every time I watch it, I win. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's, are you tired of all this winning? <laughs> yeah, um, the host was George Gray, who is now Drew Carey's. Uh, come on down, man. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. The George Gray is the guy that says hello to his grandmother or his mother or something like that every on time. Price is right. On Price yeah. is right. Yeah. He's Again, the guy who says come on down where Johnny Olson used to. It's funny. Game show hosts are a lot like uh, Phoenix radio personalities. They bounce from outlet to outlet <laughs> and just badmouth <laughs> yeah, the thing yeah. that they used to be at because if they don't deserve it, who does? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and very much like football coaches yeah. and baseball managers, NBA coaches, they just bounce from one franchise to the next. Yeah, it's good work if you can get it. It's always high paying. I would think so. Good morning. Listen to Mark and the Interpol when you get to work with the free KSLX app. 100.7 KSLX. Dramatic pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers. It makes you look really smart even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Do Choose. Light, comfy, good to go to. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it, if you have the right tools, and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.